Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Sports Talk Saturday on WGR Sports Radio 550. All right, welcome back. Hour three of Sports Talk Saturday getting underway with a bang. And my man, Connor Rogers, joins me now on the Wester Hotline. He's the lead NFL draft analyst over at Bleacher Report. Um, and arguably the best hair short of Matt Perino, who covers the Bills here for New York Upstate, that, that appears on this show on a regular basis. So first and foremost, Connor, always appreciate you uh, appreciate having you on and making time for us over here at GR. Um, happy to have you on and looking forward to talking some Jets football with you, man. It's been a while. Absolutely, Nate. Always good to talk to you, man. I appreciate that a lot. And uh, hey, I, I got to catch up with you. I'm making my, my first Buffalo appearance next weekend. I'm coming up, uh, hang out with some buddies at 42 North. So it's always great to catch up with you guys over there. Yes, make sure you uh, you hit me up on Twitter. I'll make sure. I mean, if you got local guys that you're coming to hang out with, they'll they'll have some places for you. But uh, Marcel Louis-Jacques, uh, Buffalo Bills ESPN reporter and myself, we are a bit of like the local foodie aficionado. So if you need uh, some tips, if you need some places to go, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'll, I, I literally have lists that are made out for wings, for chicken sandwiches, you name it. If it's a buffalo food, I've got a list for it. So you just let me know, my friend. Dude, I appreciate that. I feel like I'm going to eat wings like yeah. for breakfast uh-huh. almost every day. I really uh-huh. can't wait to get up there, man. And let me tell you, when, when you have a good chicken wing, and there are plenty of places to get good chicken wings around here, there is really nothing better than waking up and eating a cold chicken wing that's been in the fridge all night. Like, I, I, there's something... There's something magical about that. So I, I'm, I'm excited for you to experience that because a breakfast wing is what I call like a very a very good wing. There's no, really nothing better than a breakfast wing other than a fresh dinner wing. But I digress. Uh, you're you're going to have a good time here, buddy. We'll, we'll, we'll be looking forward to hosting you here in the city of good neighbors. But, um, Connor, obviously this week the story around Jets training camp was less about what was happening at training camp and more about the absence of their rookie quarterback, the last rookie to sign his rookie contract. Uh, before we get into like kind of how he's looked and, and, and kind of how the team has looked since he's been back at practice and signed, uh, do you think that for the most part people were maybe overanalyzing and maybe overreacting to his late appearance in training camp? and or, or do you believe that it was maybe as much of a disappointment for the fan base and for the people covering the team considering – I think people just in New York want it to be about football. It's been so much about non-football related things for the past, you know, half decade, whether it's been Adam Gase, um, the incompetence of the front office. And this was the first year where you're like, man, we've got a competent head coach. He's in the media for the right reasons. People like him. They want to play for him. And here's this story. All people are talking about the Jets is, man, of course it's the Jets who can't, who have the last guy, their franchise quarterback, who hasn't been signed, and now you have, you know, James Morgan taking first-team reps. Like, how disappointing was that from the perspective of, man, we just want this to be about football, finally. Man, I think you nailed it with the latter half, honestly. It's, you know, because there are people that are like, oh, this is an overreaction. I'll miss two practices. We won't ever talk about this again. 
And, and I counter with that, okay, well, why are we doing this every single year in a league? And obviously my full-time job is covering the draft. So it's, it's gotten so significantly easier to sign your draft picks. This is something the league worked on. When the new CBA, they've made everything slotted. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, Zach Wilson is, is due $35 million throughout his four-year contract, and he has a $21 million signing bonus. Zach Wilson can't ask for more money. The Jets can't ask him to take less. That's how it goes. There's nothing else there. So what they're haggling over is simply two things. And one is when that signing bonus is paid out, and two, if there's going to be offset language. Now, a lot of teams use offset language, but what made this interesting was Trevor Lawrence did not have any offset language in his deal as the number one overall pick. So there is an argument that, hey, could maybe Zach have his? And, and when you look at it, this really came down to one thing for you that I, you know, everyone's talking about. It seems to be the Jets didn't want to pay all that signing bonus uh, right up front. They wanted to defer some of the money to 2022, and ultimately the, he ended up getting it paid within the first 15 days when they came to the agreement. Now, all that's boring, and it's nonsense. But why, why is this a topic? Why is this an issue? This is a multi-billion dollar franchise. No matter how bad the Jets are, no matter how you know, little games they have won over the last couple of years, this franchise is worth a boatload of money. You could just Google Forbes franchise worth, and the Jets are they're up there. They're yeah. worth a lot of money. Why is cash flow uh, any kind of issue? And like you said, it's not that... You know, Zach missed two practices, and it, that trickles down. It affects the, yeah. you know, the air around the team. It affects the wide receivers. It, it, it bothers me, Nate, because you have a new coach out there in Robert Sala that does everything the right way, mm-hmm. and he's the one taking the questions from the media asking, where is Zach Wilson? Why are you putting that guy in that spot? Uh, keep the good energy going since you let Adam Gase go. You've got a GM that seems, it seems like he knows what he's doing with the draft and free agency. You've got a coach that everybody likes right now and has built up a ton of goodwill, and I think he's earned that. Uh, why are you making these speed bumps that are so unnecessary and so, you know, avoidable, quite yeah. frankly? So uh, it is disappointing. It's behind us, but it's just it doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, and I think the other thing that maybe this story gets blown up more is because this is a team that has essentially decided to divest in all the quarterbacks behind Zach Wilson. So you've put yourself in a situation where all the cookies are in the Zach Wilson cookie jar, yet here you are in the start of practice, and you've basically thrown away the first two days because James Morgan and Mike White are guys that are taking snaps with first-team offense. And I think if you are an outsider looking in, and and I think the Bills also approached – this similarly for Josh Allen's first year, right? Like in training camp that year, it was Nate Peterman. It was, uh, shoot, it was Nate Peterman basically and Josh Allen, right? And they, they had A.J. McCarron who ultimately didn't make it to the first week of camp, but they they didn't have a lot of veteran presence in that room, and it quickly turned into the Bills going out and signing Derek Anderson. And say what you will about Derek Anderson, he's seen it happen. He's had experience in the NFL, losing, winning, have you know, seeing different defenses, and having that veteran presence absolutely helped Josh Allen in his development in year one. And you saw that development change pre- and post-injury his rookie year. He really took that step in the second half of his rookie season. Do you believe that they're going to look at this thing within the next couple of weeks here and say, you know what, like, we do need – we don't want anybody pushing for for playing time behind Zach Wilson, but, man, we need a veteran presence in this locker room to help this rookie quarterback go. I'm just surprised that there hasn't been more of a – of a, of a want for that. I mean, this is a young guy who hasn't played a ton of college football, and you're just going to have James Morgan and Mike White as, as the guys in that room with no real veteran presence? 
Yeah, it's pretty absurd. And, and uh, you know, just to make sure we're clear here, Derek Anderson, that's pro bowler uh, Derek Anderson <laughs> for one year with the Browns. But it, in, all, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, I mean, it's, it's insane. I, you know, and I like that, you know, I like that they're not doing what the Bears are doing, right? And that sure. is, quite frankly, wasting mm-hmm. first-team reps on Andy Dalton. I, I don't like that. I don't like the – we don't live in this era of, hey, let's coddle – the, the quarterback we took with a top 15 selection, you're just really wasting development. And, and the Niners are a little different because Trey Lance had like 300 throwing attempts in college and didn't have a season. That's different. So I don't mind Jimmy G taking the first team reps there. But what the Bears are doing with Andy Dalton, that, that's just dumb to me. And I'm glad the Jets aren't doing that. But on the flip side, I agree that it's like, wow, you have nothing behind him right now. Guys that have never thrown a pass in an NFL game, uh, that's a little scary. And you know, I think it's the one area. Joe Douglas did a lot of really good things this offseason. I think it's the one thing that it's like, why did you let it get to this? You brought in Brian Hoyer, so you knew right. you knew this issue existed. You're not you're not telling us, hey, we don't think there's an issue here, and, and he you couldn't sign him for whatever reason. I, now on the flip side, does a Nick Foles trade uh, is that? Do I think that's a solution? Not really. I don't really know why you would bail the Bears out of yep. that situation. Everybody around him is saying he, he's being kind of vocal of places he won't go, so that's probably another issue as well. So I don't know what the happy medium is because you love a guy like Gardner Minshew, uh, but Gardner Minshew is somebody that is going to go 200% to try to start. And oh, I, I yeah. love that about Gardner Minshew. I don't think the Jets want that in their locker room. And it's, it's, he's not a problem. It's just the way he is and good for him. So I, I really don't know what the answer is right now, right? You know, Could you bring in a quiet guy like Marcus Mariota? We'll see. Um, I don't think so, but, you know, and the Colts are going to be in the quarterback market as well, so that's going to be another veteran off the board once they make a move when we get this Wentz news. So I just look at it, and I agree with you. It's, you know, it's, it's an interesting situation, to say the least. Like, here's my thing. You know, Matt Barkley's available. Even, even just Matt Barkley, a guy that you know has no, is not going to get on the field anytime soon for you. Robert Griffin, right? Like, these are guys who have failed, and I think failure in your backup quarterback couldn't be more important for a rookie quarterback that's there, especially for a franchise like the Jets. Like, you want to have a guy who's been through failure to be able to enlighten and give just tips of things that they're seeing on the sidelines. And not to have that, a guy who has experience taking hits, throwing interceptions in the NFL. You know, I just think that presence is so important. And I didn't, maybe I, I was. Maybe a little ignorant to the fact when Josh Allen came to the league, I didn't really think it was a big issue until until you heard how Josh Allen talked about Derek Anderson and the impact that he had on his development. And Matt Barkley, another guy who is here, he was never threatening Josh Allen for playing time. You were never worried about Matt Barkley taking first-team reps from Josh Allen, but you know what he did? He's a guy that's thrown NFL passes, who's had failure, who was a guy who was a highly touted, you know, potential first round pick who ended up you know losing all of his you know what I'm saying it's just I, I think even Matt Barkley's still available like why not go get him right now it's just it's a confusing thing for me because as a guy I'm not a Jets fan but I'm rooting for Zach Wilson I like Zach Wilson I think he's a nice player I think it, it's a they're a fun team for the first time I think they're very likable based on the coach and the GM and the quarterback and I I don't think you're setting him up for for failure or anything but you're certainly not doing everything in your in your ability and power to ensure he has as many eyes and as, as much experience to, to sort of pass along to him as possible. Right, and they worked out, you know, Josh Johnson and Sean Mannion, and neither of those names excite you, but I, I would still, why not bring one in? Just And maybe it's something that, 
you know, they want to, they use the fourth round pick on James Morgan. So maybe they want to give him some reps and Mike White. I don't know what the deal is there. I mean, whatever. I just, I, I would probably move on from Mike White and sign a veteran that you know has just been through it, right? You no, go through and no. yeah, you're right. There's something about a room, and I think a lot of NFL fans, and it's not their fault, they're just not around it a lot, and I didn't realize it till I, till I worked uh, covering the league so heavily. There's really something about a position group room, and you know, I think for the Jets, they're in an interesting situation, too, where they hired a big staff, and they, had, they felt like they didn't need a, maybe a veteran quarterback because besides LaFleur and Calabrese, who are our young position coaches, offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, they brought in Greg Knapp as the passing game guy that's worked with a million quarterbacks. And unfortunately, he had a tragedy and passed away, you know, a week before training camp. So I wonder if that played into it, that they were like, we're going to instead really uh, invest in a lot of coaching assets for the quarterback and not waste reps on a veteran. And maybe, you know, unfortunately, due to those circumstances, maybe that tone will change now. But it's probably too late. I mean, there's not a lot of guys out there. That's the issue. So, Connor, tell me a little bit about how this tight end room is going to play out. I I think if you are a dynasty fantasy player, you've probably been stashing Chris Herndon for the better part of a half decade now. And you're just wondering when that breakout's going to happen. And that's just been talked about year after year. Tyler Croft comes in, and I think he's almost probably in in a very similar situation that he was last year in Buffalo, a guy that's going to fight for snaps for a younger player that the team wants to prioritize the development of. What's this going to look like? What's the tight end room going to look like when games start to happen? Man, I, I think your old friend Tyler Croft is going to play, and, and that's just because he can run block. And, and you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I really and the Jets don't have anything on the roster uh, where there's you know there's a guy that's a clear cut advantage over him in that area. I think they just like him as a run blocker, and I think you know it's interesting because we can draw conclusions from San Francisco or Green Bay or Tennessee of what Mike Lafleur is going to do, but at the end of the day, you know, there's no certainty there. So I think when you look at it. They have a lot of talent at wide receiver, and they really have nothing at tight end unless Chris Herndon, the green light, finally comes on. And it really hasn't since the end of his rookie season. So I think Croft is almost their safety blanket of when we need a guy that is kind of an inline guy and we're going to move him around and use him as this move run blocker for a lot of our outside zone concepts, he's going to be that guy for us. Everything else after him, just a gigantic question mark. You'd love Herndon to turn into or even maybe revert back to the pass catcher he was as a rookie, because even that version of Chris Herndon uh, is an adequate you know, starting tight end considering how weak this group is. So I think the Jets were, kind of had their backs against the wall this offseason where the roster was really, really bad. Shocking Adam Gase came in and just completely destroys things within <laughs> you know, two years, and you, you have to really rebuild from the bottom. And I think the Jets looked at it and said, what are the areas we can get by with without going in on this year? And they opted for cornerback and tight end. Those are the two areas that they really were not overly aggressive in. So, you know, I think Trevon Wesco, former fourth-round pick out of West Virginia, I think he's going to move to a fullback role for them, so I wouldn't really put him in that tight end conversation. And then it's just going to be a battle. You have Chris Herndon, you have Ryan Griffin, you have Tyler Croft, and just going with the guy that they think they can rely on in a very, very minuscule role, I think Croft will be the guy. So tell me a little bit about how this wide receiver room is going to shake out because Denzel Mims is a guy that I was expecting to sort of eventually grow into a wide receiver two role with ceiling of potentially wide receiver one. I mean, he he flashed that potential in college. Where do you see him right now, and how has he looked at the start of training camp, and does maybe is your thought process that Elijah Moore is going to be this team's kind of go-to player, playmaker on the offensive side of the ball with Corey Davis. And where does, and if that's the case, where does Denzel Mims fit in? 
Well, he might not out of the gate. And it's, you know, it's great that we're having this conversation today. Uh, Denzel Mims was working with the third team today. And that's a new development because during the spring, you know, he had an illness where he missed some time. And when he was on the field, he was working with the second team, which doesn't really alarm you because the Jets are a little deep at wide receiver. Corey Davis will be the target monster. That's the safe play. He's the target monster as the number one. But Elijah Moore has come into camp and maybe been the best player on the team at times. I mean, he really has, has had moments like that where you're like, wow, we didn't think we were – we went so hard at restructuring Jamison Crowder to bring him back we didn't think we were going to lean on more year one. And now it's like, how do you not when he might be your best skill talent on the entire roster and maybe one of the better rookie? He could, he could be in line for a big rookie season with what he's carried it into training camp already. And there is a clear defined chemistry between him and Zach Wilson that doesn't exist between anyone else. So looking at this team, uh, it's almost like an old school running back rotation that you stay away from in fantasy outside of Corey Davis. I think Crowder's going to get on the field in a role. I think Elijah Moore is going to be their deep threat. I think Keelan Cole has a possession role. He's been a nice player in Jacksonville, and the Jets like him as their fourth wide receiver, which is a good role for him. And then you go, well, where does Mims come into play? Now, what I'll say to you know the beat writers and the fans and, and everyone involved that's kind of panicking over Mims with the third team, the Jets haven't been in pads. And I've always said this about players like Denzel Mims. You don't draft Enzel Mims to look good in seven-on-seven. You draft Enzel Mims for when the pads come on and and guys are are throwing their bodies around because that's the way he plays the game. He's a great run blocker, and he's an above-the-rim wide receiver. So is there a role for him as a red zone kind of guy? I don't see how there isn't. He's just he's too good in jump ball situations. And he flashed as a rookie last year on an awful team uh, when Joe Flacco was on the field, not Sam Darnold. So... I just look at it and go, I'm not entirely out on him, but do I see a big target share for him this year? It's getting tougher as the days go by. And part of that is because is of Mims, you know, Mims's lack of jumping out, but an even bigger part of it is I don't know how you keep Elijah Moore off the field this year. NFL draft analyst for Bleacher Report. I've got Connor Rogers here on the Western Hotline. We're talking about Jets training camp and their their 2021 outlook. And and Connor, I, I want to switch sides and go to the defensive side of the ball. And I want to start at C.J. Mosley and and sort of what what the expectations of this defense are. We know there are still you know notable question marks at defensive back, particularly at the cornerback position. But this is a team that in the middle of this defense, the front seven is certainly a unit that will raise some eyebrows, I think, especially with Carl Lawson on the outside, Quinn and Williams um, taking that year three step. We'll see how that looks. Uh, C.J. Mosley, though, is the interesting part for me about uh, all of this because I remember going back to week one of last week, uh, last year, C.J. Mosley's absence in the second half of that game absolutely turned that game into a close game to, the, you know, the Jets' defense can't stop anything. And, I, I, listen, I, I think he is one of, if not the most important piece of that defense. So what does this defense look like with a healthy, motivated C.J. Mosley in 2021? It's a, big, it's a big difference, and you're right. That first half against the Bills was one of the best halves I've seen from a Jets linebacker in, in my entire life. I mean, he really was in on every single play. And then it's no coincidence the wheels fell off the bus in the second half when he was off the field. So, you know, I look at it like this. Do I have concerns about motivation? Not at all. He came into camp 231 pounds. He said that's the lightest he's been since his last year at Alabama. So, And that's not a, hey, I haven't been lifting weight. That's a, I'm in a scheme where I have to run my butt off. I need to shed some weight. 
and be able to run and chase. Now, fortunately for C.J. Mosley, he has some of the best instincts uh, at the position in the entire league. So I, I don't, it's not like he's 35 years old, right? It was kind of interesting to me when everyone was like, oh, he hasn't played in almost two years. He don't expect anything. And I'm like, do you know anything about this guy's mental makeup and what he can do with a coach that actually has an idea uh, of how to do his job? So I think Mosley will have a nice bounce-back season. Do I think he'll be a top-three linebacker in the NFL anymore? I don't think that, but I think he could be a really nice piece for the middle of the defense. Like you said, the front four is where they've invested everything into. I think Carl Lawson, who's been giving Mekhi Becton uh, quite yeah. the time at training camp so far, Carl Lawson is the real deal. I've liked him for a long time. Quinnen's you know, still uh, coming back from a foot injury, so you know, that's a little concerning, but I think Quinnen, he had a great year last year. He should be fine. John Franklin Myers. Uh, Sheldon Rankins, they're, they're loaded on the front four. They really are. And to the contrary, they have nothing on the back end. They have Marcus <laughs> May at safety, uh, LaMarcus Joyner as a placeholder. Those are, those are fine players. May, May's had a really nice career. At corner, though, they have literally just nothing. I mean, we'll see. I think Bryce Hall can be a solid player in this league. It's like he's written in ink as a number one corner because they have nothing else, and they have a ton of dates free rookies. Uh, it's going to be tough. It, it's pretty easy with the Jets. If the front four gets home, which they will a lot, uh, they can do some things and make some plays. When they don't, I don't know how this secondary will survive. And I, and I just think that, quite frankly, if they, sometimes they won't. If you kind of shrug your shoulders and go, man, we, we didn't have 90 draft picks and $300 million in cap space to sign an entire team. They just didn't have those mm. big good assets, but they had to really choose. And Salas sits there and goes, why well, need front four players above all else? That's what will get your one. So the Jets are going to be in a lot of high-scoring games, I think, this year. All right, last thing for you, and I want to go back to the other side of the ball because I forgot to ask this while we were talking uh, offense. The running back position, Michael Carter comes out and has so far been RB1 in this offense. Is that your expectation moving forward? He's going to be the guy that gets the majority of the carries. I think going into the season, the thought process was this is probably the best pass catching back in the draft. He'll be a third down guy and they'll ease him in, but at least from the start of training camp, Connor, it looks like he's the guy. They love him. They love him. And for LaFleur, this is his new Devontae Freeman, essentially, is what it is. And, you know, Devontae Freeman had, had monster years in Atlanta, and I'm not saying LaFleur was the reason for that, but he, you could see the parallels of why they like him so much. And, you know, the Jets offense, no matter who they draft or sign or develop over the next three years, will never be a bell cow back situation. That's not what they're going to do. But if you're looking for somebody that you go, okay, the production should be there, Michael Carter is going to have a lot of opportunity. They draft. They were so excited to get him in the fourth round. Uh, they would have taken him in the third round. They traded both those third rounders for Elijah Vera Tucker. So they were jumping for joy when he fell to them in the fourth round. And, and then if you're looking for the guys that are going to split some carries, you know, maybe, I don't want to say behind him, maybe more aligned with him. It's really Ty Johnson, I think, is the guy. And then Michael Pirine's had a nice start to camp. I, I don't see the fit in the offense, but, you know, they like his reliability. He's smart, hardworking, good in pass pro. Uh, maybe he just by default finds his way into some reps. But the two guys that make the most sense because of their burst uh, ability in the offense as a scheme is really Ty Johnson. And, and Michael Carter is definitely the 1A, I would think. Mm. Love to see that. I got, I got one non-Jets question for you. How much trouble are the Colts in if Carson Wentz is out for an extended period of time? Oh, and it's, it's all signs are pointing to he, he might be. They're, they're in big trouble. I mean, are we really going to put our chips in the basket of, you know, Jacob Eason or Sam Ellinger or now Brett Hundley they brought in today? And, and the problem is, you know, as I said, with the Jets veteran backup quarterback situation, the landscape is very thin. I mean, is Nick Foles going to go there and light the world on fire? I don't really believe that. Marcus Mariota, I would actually make the move for Gardner Minshew if they have to make a move because I think he has – 
the kind of energy that would be infectious over there. And they have such a good ground attack and defense that they would be fine with him. I was actually just telling someone that, you know, I look at their schedule. It's so weak and yeah. so favorable on their side. And they're in a division where the Texans might not win a game. Jacksonville's not going to come out of the gates firing for the playoffs. Tennessee has their warts. They just need an average player at quarterback this year, which I think Wentz would have been. So I think, yeah, they have to make a move. They're way too invested on this year. Chris Ballard's been building this thing for years with their eyes centered in on this season. They have a runway to the playoffs. I would really make a play for Minshew if I was them. Yeah, I mean, they. I think – in a similar situation to the Jets, Connor, where they just haven't built in the quarterback room any veteran leadership behind the rookie quarterback, not allowing or not giving yourself a, a hedge, I think is going to prove to be, and especially for a quarterback that has proven time and time again, he just can't stay healthy. Like availability has been one of his biggest downfalls and to not hedge your bets with a second quarterback, just in case I think is going to ultimately be this team's downfall. And that falls right on Chris Ballard. It does. You know, for all the great things he's done, Nate, I mean, Ballard has been one of the more consistent GMs across the NFL. Uh, why is he punting on the quarterback situation? And people will say, well, the trade for Wentz was not punting. And I, I agree, but it's not where I would have put my career on the line for. I wouldn't have done that. I just think they had better options. And I, I don't know. It's, it's very interesting to build a roster that well and then not really supplement it. You know, an injury-prone quarterback was your decision because the head coach loves him so much, and not really supplement it with another option. Maybe that's on the way, but, man, for the Colts, you can't really sit here and be like, oh, my God, Carson Wentz got hurt in camp. And I say this all the time when evaluating players. If a player was hurt in college a lot, there's a good chance they can get hurt in the NFL a lot. And for Wentz, it's both. We've seen him hurt in college. We've seen him hurt in the NFL. Uh, it's it's a shame, but why should we be so surprised that it's happening yet again? Yeah, uh, it's such an interesting situation to continue monitoring through training camp, and obviously, uh, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll hear in the next day or two um, the severity of this injury and how it plays out. But they're they're in trouble almost regardless, and it's going to be interesting to see um, how that how that situation plays out in Indy. All right, buddy, thank you so much again for your time. Uh, definitely hit me up when you get into town, and uh, and I'll get you a good list of some some wing spots to make sure you hit up while you're here in town. We uh, always appreciate you joining me on uh, on the show, man. Thanks so much. Absolutely, dude. Thanks for having me. We'll talk soon. Awesome. Connor Rogers there, Bleacher Report on the Wester Hotline. I'm going to take a timeout. We're going to play you, Adam Rank of the NFL Network. That's coming up next here on WGR. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.